0: Hey, hey, it's Kay here, and welcome to Kay's Corner on our segment of Talk About It Tuesdays. Talk About It Tuesdays consists of topics varying from friendships, relationships, family, and faith. So be sure to tune in every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so today's topic um, is compatibility. Um, We'll be coming from the book of Genesis, as we did last week with our topic, Identity. Um, But this week we're talking about compatibility. And so where will we be focusing um, in the book of Genesis is chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18 reads, Now the Lord said, It is not good or beneficial for the man to be alone and it reads I will make him a helper one who balances him a counterpart who is suitable and complementary for him and so what I love about that is that it defines and it says you know it's not good for man to be alone or you know it's not good for the person to be alone and so a lot of times I feel like we take the we take this out of context and we say oh you know it's not good for someone to be alone so that's why you know i'm I'm always with you know people that's all i always want people around that's why people are always here and you know so on and so forth but no we take that scripture way out of context what it actually is saying is that god has birthed and created us for community God has birthed and created us to interrelate, you know, with one another. Um, And so what this is saying is that it's not good or it's not beneficial. Why would you be alone? Um, And so let's just clarify this. Um, From Genesis 1 um, verses 26 through 28, which we read last week um, concerning identity, We have to see, you know, we already were and are full in God. Um, His presence is what fulfills us. His presence is what sustains us. So let's not, you know, get it twisted. Let's not get it confused. But we have to know and understand that God said this because, you know, he had and has a work for us to do. It's saying, how, you know, it's, how's it beneficial for someone to be alone? You have work to do, you know? And again, um, in the beginning, it says, you know, you are to, let's go to it. It says you are to be fruitful. You are to multiply. You are to fill the earth. You are to subdue it. You are to have dominion over it. So it's saying, you know, you you can't do all that for on your own, Um, and I believe this is just an eye-opener to know that, you know, we can't do things on our own, God hasn't designed us to do things on our own, so okay, yes, there are times um, in our development where he calls us to himself, but even again, in that it's not to be alone, because we're with him, we're in his presence. And so let's define the word "alone." So "alone" says having no one else present, um, being by yourself, or um, being on one's own, um, solo, lone, solitary. It also says indicating that something is confined to be to something or someone is to be confined um, to a specified subject or recipient. Um, and so really just seeing that, again, when we look at Genesis 2, um, we, we've never been alone, um, because God's always been there. He was there before any of us, um, you know, ever came into being. And even in a sense, God's never been alone either because it says the father, the word who is you know jesus christ on um, the son and his holy spirit so that's our first form and example of community um, so even god has community so that's why he's telling us it's not good or it's not beneficial for us to be by ourselves but even in this he specifies it and it says i will make them well no Specifically talking about Adam and Eve and marriage, but we can look at it too as um, friendships, relationships, compatibility. It says, "I will make him or them, you know, a helper, one who balances, um, someone who's a counterpart, someone who's suitable and complementary." Um, and what I love in the next verse. It says, okay, so God's saying, you know, it's not good for, you know, mankind to be alone. So what he does is, um, it says, out of the ground, he forms every animal of the field, and every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam, allowed Adam to name them, um, and whatever he called the living creature, that was its name. And so it says, so Adam named all these things, um, And it says in verse 20, but for Adam, there still was not found a helper that was suitable or a companion for him. Um, And so we can see that um, in talking about compatibility, okay, there can be people that are there. There can be people that are around, but that doesn't mean know that they're suitable for you it doesn't mean they're a helper it doesn't mean that they bound you out it doesn't mean that they're complementary. um so let's jump down to verse 22 I'm um, in 23 and again this is adam um this is god talking about adam and in, in creating eve but it says um from the rib he took and made he fashioned he formed he created a woman and saying he brought her and presented her to him um and so he said this is now a bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man and so again this is the last time i would stress it i do understand this is talking about adam and eve but i believe in a deeper context we can see um how god creates and forms and fashions um I'll say friendships relationships even families he sees something um you know ahead of time God said it's not good for man to be alone Adam wasn't alone God was there what he was saying was God saw ahead of time that Adam he saw Adam ahead of his time and said, Oh, you're going to be doing all this. You're, and not even just Adam, but he saw mankind in general. And he so said, You're going to be doing all this. You're going to need help to sustain that destiny and that purpose that I have for you. You're going to need someone who's a helper. You're going to need someone who balances you. You're going to need someone who's suitable and complementary for you. And I love it. It says, again, in verse 22, it says, that he took it out of Adam and multiplied. Um, and so that was the first, you know, form of multiplication right there. Um, he, you know, created something out of Adam. Um, and Adam said, you know, this is the bone, you know, this is not bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. And, you know, we can see it, like I said, you know, in, in friendships and relationships in um, family, you know, sometimes we'll say, oh, you know, you're starting to look like, you know, such and such because you've been... Around them so long, you're starting to talk like them, you're starting to walk like them, starting to think like them, starting to crave the same things. And it's like, you know, we, you know, you see it. And of course, this again is for, um, friends, people, relationships. And I just want to point out in 19, um, verses 19 and 20 in chapter 2 of Genesis. It says, you know, he gave. He, cre- I created the animals, and so you know, it says it's not good for man to be alone. He created the animals, and it's like, okay, well, you know, there's a cat, there's a dog, there's a horse, there's a platypus, you know, there's an anteater, but none of these are suitable to help Adam. None of these are gonna be able to help him to fulfill his purpose. Um, and even in that. The animals, God gave Adam dominion over the animals, so why would God give Adam something to be, why would God give Adam or create for Adam something that he's supposed to have dominion over? I mean, that's not saying that we're supposed to lord over people, but sometimes we just look at the first thing we see. We see the cat, or we see the dog, or we see, you know, the cow, you know, we see the adam or we see you know the rebecca or we see you know the jonathan and we see you know these these different people um we see these different people and god is saying i haven't created them you know to help you they aren't suitable to help you they aren't the ones that i've designed and created and put in your path um to help you complete and fulfill your assignment and so i think a lot of times we get that twisted and we, and we think, oh, well, you know, well, they're in my path, so, you know, they must be. We get caught up in these titles of, you know, ride or die or A1 since day one, and, you know, all these different things. And we lose the sight of, okay, God, did you put this person, you know, in my life? Did you want them to be like, what, you know, what's going on? Um, And so, let me define the word compatibility. Um, Compatibility reads and it says, A state in which two things are able to exist or occur together without problems or conflict. Um, And what I just think is so funny about that is because we know, like, trust me, we know that there's gonna be problems. There's gonna be conflict. Um, and so when we look at that and we see, okay, God, um, you know, what are you saying? What are you really saying, um, with compatibility, with friendships, with relationships? Um, what we have to know and see is that there will always be something. Um, I mean, in Galatians chapter 5, it says that. The spirit and the flesh are always at war with each other. So that's a problem and a conflict right there. Um, So what we have to know is with compatibility, um, it doesn't mean that there won't be problems. It doesn't mean that there won't be conflict. Um, But we have to know that when we interrelate, when we intertwine, there's always going to be something that intersects or interjects um, with each other, and we have to see that and know, um, that that's okay, and so also compatibility says a feeling of sympathy and friendship or like-mindedness, um, and so what I love, um, in Philippians 2 and 5, you know, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, you know, Jesus, I think a lot of times we forget, um, well I'll say I'll just say as Christians a lot of times we forget to um like Romans 12 and, and 1 and 2 says you know renew your mind transform yourself you know be like Christ um so when you're like Christ when you allow when you allow yourself to submit you know to Christ it's way 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 much easier to have um friendships and relationships because you are no longer th- you know I'm no longer thinking about how is Kalia thinking, but I'm thinking about, okay, you know, you know, the cliche, what would Jesus do, you know, it's not about what I would do, it's about how God would handle the situation, um, because we, you know, we, we can't, our life is not our own, um, it's not about us, but everything is, it, it's about everything, everything is about everything, everything coexists. everything intertwines with, each other um and so we have to learn that we have to you know really trust and believe that and so um what i love to about compatibility um with people in general is the scripture um proverbs 27 and 17 where it says iron sharpens iron and so it says so you know a man or a friend sharpens the other again what we have to know is as we are in this earth suit there will always be something that is coming against us that's just nature in itself um and so in relating with others we may not always see eye to eye we may not always you know get what's going on we may not always get the point of things that are going on, but we, what we have to do is when we are relating with each other, allowing each other to give and allowing each other to take. It's like a seesaw um, pattern you know, one gives, one takes. I sharpen, you sharpen me, and so it's like a pencil. Um, as we're being used, um, as we're being, as we're giving out. As God is placing us in each and every situation that he will, um, for his glory, we have to see and we have to know um, that we get, you know, we begin to get empty. As we pour out, you know, we begin to get empty. As a pencil is used, it begins to get dull. And so that friend or that relationship or that community, community that God puts you in, you have to think of it. As such as a pencil sharpener okay I'm being used for God's glory the pencil tip is dwindling down it's getting dull all right I need to be sharpened um with the pencil sharpener you put the pencil you know in the sharpener and you twist it you turn it the sharpener part that's a blade cuts off the excess it cuts off the excess and then the pencil gets sharpened um to the point of where it is able to be used again So, God places people in our lives so that we, when we are empty, we're able to be uh, sharpened. We're able to be reused. He uses them to remove things from us. Um, He uses the pruning system and really just allowing us to become better versions of ourselves. So, When you love someone, um, when you are, you know, truly willing to do better and the best pertaining to them, um, God will, you know, allow, God will use them to, okay, see, you know, the, the tiny specks in us, the spots, wrinkles, and blemishes, um, and they'll point it out. And that's important that we see that because a lot of times people call it judging. That's not called judging. That's called correcting. Um, we have to learn that correcting is okay. And we have to learn to correct in love. We have to allow ourselves to be corrected. Um, because sometimes there's going to be too much, you know, it's going to be excess stuff on us that has to be let go. Um, sometimes we're too dull in the area and we need to be sharpened. So God places people in our view, in our path that can see you know, those things about us that need to be, um, you know, worked on. Um, and so as I said, again, community, compatibility, um, I believe is about being able to coexist, being able to intertwine, um, and still being able to work well, relating with each other well, working together for a greater purpose. And so just a few, um, I guess I would say tips and things, um, to look for in a friendship and a relationship, you know, in that community, um, it's just really, uh, having wisdom, like Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, um, talking about wisdom where it says, you know, iron sharpening iron, really having wisdom, um, with the people that you, relate yourself with, um, like it says in Genesis 2, you now, there'll be, there'll be a few, you know, like I said, cats and dogs, horses, cows, but that doesn't mean that, you know, they're there to help you, it doesn't mean that they can help you, it doesn't mean that they have the ability to help you, which is the main part of capability, if they don't have the ability to help you, then they aren't compatible, you guys aren't compatible, um, so having wisdom, praying and asking God to give you wisdom on how to deal with the situation. Um, another thing is friends that discern. Friends that discern so that you're able to um, know what's going on. In the times that we're in, we really have to pray and make sure that we have people around us, a circle around us, a community around us. That's hearing from God. That's able to see what's going on beyond the physical realm um, and into the supernatural realm, because there's a time that's coming, that, um, you know, people they they aren't telling the truth. A lot of the truth is being hidden, um, and it won't be exposed because there are people in there. Well, there are people in high places controlled by demons in high places that are silencing people, um, that have the truth. So there's a lot of um, things that are going to be under the surface and under the wraps, and so we have to pray and make sure that we have discernment. Pray and make sure that we have friends that have discernment, um, even in the simplest form of discernment. If I'm having a bad day and I don't want to talk to you about it, or if you're having a bad day and you don't want to talk to me about it, we gotta be able, you know, to get over that hump and praying that God to give us again wisdom on how to handle that situation um so that we don't mess up or end that friendship um just because of a you know a silly mistake or a silly thought or something like that um the next thing is friends that help to cultivate and so to cultivate means to prepare um for usage and so some synonyms i have is to nurture to develop um, and again, to prepare for work, you know, God places people in our lives so that they can help us and we can help them to fulfill the destinies and assignments that He has um, for our lives. And we have to make sure that we, you know, don't give up so easily um, and actually giving attention to it, actually being serious and committed to help grow to help nurture to help that's that giving um and the pruning process that I was talking about and um, we need people too that' help us to prune um pruning is good because when you have those weeds um you know connected and around that fruit when you have those weeds it's actually choking the fruit out the fruit then begins to die um and we need those weeds removed from us so that we can grow more fruit or even the you know little foxes that spoil the tender vine um that are eating those vines they eat those vines and the fruit isn't able to have life anymore because the vines have been eaten away um we have to have people in our life that it's like hey you know, there's a fox eating at your fruit, or Hey, there's weeds on you. Those need to be removed so that you can grow, so that you can prosper, um, and not being afraid to see it, not being afraid to call it out, um, and not being offended. A lot of times, you know, offense can come to, and so we just really have to, again, having the mind of Christ, renewing our mind so that we know and understand, okay, God, place this person specifically here in my life so that they can help me so that they can build me up and not you know not neglecting it that not forgetting that but seeing the greater purpose um just like Jeremiah 29 and 11 you know says that I know the plans that I have for you so we have to trust and know that even the people that God places in our lives he has plans for them too um, plans for them to prosper us and us to prosper them and so I just have three questions um, and we'll probably hit these questions again next week because we have you know my dear best friend Christian coming on to talk about friendships you know pr- pretty much friendships um, that's the theme for this month but anything you guys ask us um, across request Request from us, we you know, we're, we're pretty, I believe, we'll be pretty open to answering it. So, um, feel free to DM either of us, um, send it in, talk to us in person if you know it's in person, you know, however. But if you have a question or anything, you know, you can let us know, and, and we'll definitely add it to you know the the category of things to talk about. And so here are my three questions. Um, the first thing is, you know, what do you look for in a friendship? And so this is important. Um, again, going back to last week, in order to know what you are looking for in a friendship or what you need in a friendship, you have to know who you are. You have to know your purpose. You have to know your identity. Because if you don't know who, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know your identity, then um, what you look for in a friendship will not even fit your purpose. You're looking for something now, but again, God sees the—you know—God sees it all. He sees our end, so we need someone who will help us in our end, not in our now. We need someone who will help us in the angle, um, and with the angle. And you know, next is what do you or who do you consider a friend? Which again. Is so vital and important to see and so vital and important to know because if you, again, it boils back to identity. um, And I'll say worth. You have to know your worth um, because you need to have good friends that are giving and taking and not allowing yourselves to, you know, be not allowing yourselves to be messed up um in the long run like you know when I say messed up I mean you know them Mm -hmm. abusing you in the sense of you know trying to manipulate you and force you to do things or be a part of things that you don't want to be a part of um and so lastly it says why are people cut off so quickly um and when we see that a lot of times it deals with you know a soul wound. A lot of time to deal with the things that's in our soul. Um, and so, how we combat that um, is with love. First Corinthians love. First Corinthians thirteen says that love endures all things. Um, and so, also, I'm in mean, in First John four and eighteen. It says how you know perfect love casts out all fear um and so when you when you have love that endures all things you can't be so quick to end a relationship or end a friendship or you know stop talking to people they're you know frivolous things oh you forgot to call me back so I'm not gonna call you ever again like no we have to stop doing these you know these things I mean it makes sense yes when your soul is wounded when your soul is cut and it it hurts, Um, you can feel that, you know, you can feel wronged, but you have to know that true love endures all things, and so, okay, maybe your first experience of love has been distorted, and you don't know how to properly love, but you have to pray and ask God to come into your heart, cast out, and drive out that fear that's been created because of the wound Um, And being improperly loved. And allow God to fix and restore um, your heart, your soul. So that you can have purposeful, beautiful, um, driven friendships, relationships, community. um, That's been designed strategically for you. um, That God has ordained for you. And so... I pray that this bless you guys. Um, I pray that you guys really seek the Father on um, on compatibility, on your different relationships, on your different uh, the people that you allow into your life, your friendships, um, and have purpose. Allow them to be purpose-driven. And so, I thank you guys for listening. Um, I pray that all is well. And have a blessed night.